so we're, you know, we're probably doing around eight million uh, a month right now. Mm-hmm. So in originations, puts, it, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So it puts about a hundred million annual origination run rate for two years is pretty pretty remarkable. I mean, especially camp coming from where we started in January of this year and having to deal with it with COVID. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like... Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Chris Doyle. He's an entrepreneur and business leader with extensive hands-on and construction industry experience and a proven record of launching successful startups. He's the founder, president, and CEO of Build, that's B-I-L-L-D, a disruptive payment solution for the construction industry that helps contractors and suppliers grow their business with less hassle and less risk. Recognizing cash flow hurdles contractors face when purchasing materials, he launched Build to make traditional Wall Street working capital accessible to these small business owners. Chris, you ready to take us to the top? Uh, yep. Thanks right. for having me on, Nathan. So what's in your blood? Family construction business or financiers and ex-Wall Street? Neither. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, construction. Um, you know, I started construction framing houses, you know, when I was 16 years old. Uh, it was a great summer job. I'd get a tan, a workout, and paid cash every week. <laughs> uh, and then just like anyone else at that age, just kind of one step you know, one foot in front of the other and, and said, oh, I guess I can do this. So jumped into the kind of broader residential construction and then commercial. And before I knew it, I was like a construction guy. Hmm. Then then slowly converted finance guy. So I don't even know what I am now. <laughs> so when did you when did you launch Build Officially? What year? Uh, just two years ago. Okay, so yeah. call, call, call it 2018. And mm-hmm. I mean, what was the first product? Was it, was it the financing product right away? Yeah, financing product. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, you, you said cash flow and the thing. I mean, Construction, commercial construction, cash flow burden for subcontractors is just a ridiculous pain point. And it makes it extremely difficult for subcontractors to grow and, and manage their business. And, and this was very much recognized. And not a lot of folks are, are trying to challenge that problem and provide solutions for the subcontractor. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'd been in the space through other like consumer finance products, things like that. And said, "Hey, th- there, there is an appetite for this from a capital market standpoint to step in the middle of this, right? And then, can we build a business around de-risking that by understanding construction, have a vertical underwriting process, and go-to-market strategy um, to to allow this to flow through and really solve this problem? When I say this, I mean capital to flow through." In 2018, did you start off with a balance sheet business where you actually held 
these things while they were being paid off for 120 days or were you really a marketplace and you were taking a cut of the of the marketplace gmv yeah yeah a balance balance sheet business but okay. you know we don't because because it's short term i don't characterize our business as balance sheet uh maybe it's because we're in capital raise mode but i i characterize it more as a SaaS. yeah, yeah. that's really what it is right i mean we're not carrying you know to be a, a big boy in the lending uh, space really, you're talking about you know billion or so in annual origination. You're carrying 500, 700 million, you know, right at any given time. This big portfolio, and then different you know strategies on how to, how to finance those long term. You know, for us, 500 million dollar balance would be absolutely we'd be a billion dollar company. Yeah. Um, so so we we relative to other lenders, very very low balance at any given time because we churn it three times a year. So in any kind of big like uh, like broader economic effect we could just shut down originations three months later we have zero balance yeah yeah this said differently you can recycle your capital three times a year that's right yeah, to, to reduce your yield that's right. mm-hmm. that's yeah. Right. yeah so so let me get a sense of sort of scope for a second so there's a marketplace there's capital there's a yield is that how you make revenue it's it's a spread on the yield or is there a SaaS component a flat fixed rate something there too yeah spread on the yield um i say SaaS because you know, SaaS fundamentally is just a customer that latches onto a technology product, pays their annual or monthly fee, and they just recurring user, right? And they're kind of, I say locked in, but they, they have a, a technology solutions that's incorporated into their process with very high stickiness. Yep. And I, I have a, own another business, Site Capture, that is a SaaS product in construction. And so I know it very well and what that churn looks like. And so as a lender, we're in this space, but it's the same thing though. Our customers use the product then they use it again, then they use it again. There's no like fixed, you must use this, but we've become such a core part of their process and, and their purchasing process that the fundamental kind of DNA is the same as SaaS. Again, this is pretty rich coming from me as a, you know, going through the investment process. Well, it's, you you know? say it's usage That's based, based, right? It's yeah, like Twilio, exactly. it's like SendGrid, it's number of emails, it's, it's usage based. 100%, yeah. Interesting. Okay, um, and give me a general sense of size. So, past twelve months, how many individual subcontractors took at least a dollar worth of, I guess, loans from you? Uh, yeah, um, between they're probably about three hundred fifty right now. Okay, smaller uh, than I would would have thought, but they probably do it many, many times over and over. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, so we're, you know, we're probably doing around eight million uh, a month right now. Mm-hmm. So, and originations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so it puts about a hundred million annual origination run rate for two years is pretty pretty remarkable. I mean, especially camp coming from where we started in January of this year and having to deal with with COVID. But we take a, a slightly different approach on number of users because you know rather than like blanket and bring in like pre-approved and approved <laughs> thousands of contractors. Right, we found that the underwriting cost of that from a conversion basis just didn't make any sense. Wait till they have a purchase. So we're focused on that because each each customer really is um, probably you know we don't know because we don't have the full lifetime cycle of, of data, but you know around three hundred fifty thousand of, of purchases per customer, mm-hmm. um, which is which is great, right? And that's that's from an annual standpoint. So we actually, unfortunately, only two years of data. We don't know what that carries into year three, four, and five. Yeah. So let's just stick to them. Uh, the eight million in one month to sort of break down this model. How, so, how do you make money on this? Yeah, so we're borrowing. You know, we have a debt facility to borrow. Um, um, we, you know, ninety ninety five percent of the deal. Then we have a we basically make money on that spread. Mm-hmm. And how were you able to get 
that first balance sheet capital to lend out with no history, especially it sounds like you just said you have a five or 10% participation rate, meaning you only have to put up five to 10% of your own equity. Was that always the that's case? Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, existing relationship with an investor from a previous company, another ah, lender. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, and, and they had gotten pretty comfortable in this space and, and comfortable in other alternative lending and construction like pace. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a lot easier with higher margins and in the consumer space, you know, you're duking it out over 30 bips. Yeah. Whereas in the small business lending, especially in our space, a very vertically driven underwriting, customer acquisition, everything. And we understand, understand the space very well. Mm-hmm. The margins are just broader than that. So there's some, some room to play with from a risk perspective. So let's just role play for a second. I'm putting my construction hat on my yellow vest. I'm one of your 350 subcontractors. <laughs> yeah. I come in this month and I need, I'm just going to make up a simple example. I need a pallet of two by fours and it's going to cost me a thousand dollars. I don't have that cash right now. I use you guys to do it. Can we yep. sort of break down the economics on a thousand? So, so you would loan me a thousand today at what interest rate over 120 days? Yeah, it depends. Um, so we do risk-based pricing. So, like, let's say as low as 20% annually. Okay. But that's broken down. I mean, it's a it's a 120 day product. So the the broader kind of fundamental process is you need that that thousand dollars worth of lumber, right? So you're gonna take the material plus labor. And you're going to install it, right? And so now you have a $3,000 receivable with a general contractor with what generally has a 60-day timeline on getting paid, but you needed to buy 30 days in advance. So now you have a 90-day gap from when you needed the material versus when you get paid. So we bridge that. So you're going to take four months worth of financing and call it a 20%. You're going to get paid. So four months is kind of the long end. You're going to get paid somewhere in this middle, call it 30 to 30 days to 120 days. Once you're paid, you repay us. Like the 120 days is like the max. Yep. And then so what we we generally represent this to our customers as um, because like you know they're fighting credit terms and how you know who am I going to buy from? How we're going to finance it? Who's what credit limit do I have with this supplier? That this rolls up to about a percent and a half of the total project, right? The 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 total project to their customer. Um, add one and a half percent to your bid. Never have to worry about you know, um, terms really, um, for, for your material. So they're really passing on the cost, which is nice. Yeah, they have to. And then if they, if they, uh, if they budget it in, they don't use it right. Then it's just excess margin. And in construction, it's just not that precise. There's so much put into contingency, Mm -hmm. right? Did you have to take a fourth trip, a fifth trip? And so that, that is, it's fairly manageable for our customers, especially when you're growing and you don't quite frankly, you don't have a lot of other options because you, you've got to, have a secure, reliable way to purchase your material. Mm-hmm. And the other side of the equation is how do you get the $1,000 to lend out? So generally, what does it cost you to get $1,000 to lend out to me as a subcontractor? Uh, you mean my cost? Co- your cost, cost yeah. Yeah, it's our, it's our warehouse facility, so kind of fully baked in the, in the low teens. Okay. Um, so you know, take that, let's call it 10% cost, 20% income, so you have a yep. net 10 Right, and that's very, very different than any kind of consumer lending, and probably different than any kind of SMB lending. And the way we make that work is our our performance of these dramatically exceeds any other lender because of the way we underwrite and the way we establish limit. We can give you know three x the limit because we have a process that says what do you, it's not about the the person buying the lumber, 
It's a little bit about the lumber, but more importantly, it's where is the lumber going? And the way we look at this is our customer is actually remarkably reliable. The problem is, is if they get stuck on a project. So mm-hmm. we look at it from a project standpoint of where is this going? Now, for $1,000 in lumber, it never makes sense to do this kind of diligence. But most of our stuff is much, much larger, right? We're doing $50,000, $100,000, $500,000 worth of material purchases for a single project. Yep. And then so to roll those economics out of my two-by-four pallet example up to your whole business, if you're sort of at $100 million origination run rate today, you're in an average lending out at call it call it the twenty percent average cost ten percent. That spread is ten million dollars in gross revenue to you guys. However, I believe if I'm doing my math right, you should be able to recycle capital quickly and actually juice your returns up to like a thirty-five or forty, like one percent, maybe higher than a forty-one percent IRR. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's it, right. Yeah. And so we're, we're walking in, we're walking into this. It is higher than the, than the ten. It's probably yeah. closer to twelve. Yeah. Um, your cost or what you're but, making the spread. What we're making on the spread. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and so the the components of that are customer acquisition, right? Losses, which are f- are fairly proven, but at the same time, is that under three percent? It's catch twenty two. What's that? Under three percent. Under three percent annually. Um, no, probably not that low, but okay. pretty close to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can afford losses because you have enough yield. Right, that's crazy low in any other kind of lending, right? Sub three percent in small business lending. I mean, you're talking about ten to twenty percent annual losses for some yeah. of these other lenders. Yeah. Um, you're talking, you're talking but cabbages that's what, of the world, etc. That's right. Yeah, but yeah. see, we, what we're able to prove out, and the blessing we have as a lender is we've gone through about four cycles of this now. So, under unlike any other kind of lending, we're sitting around for you know, you'd have to sit around five years to go to the you know capital markets and say. Hey, look what we've proven out. We're ready to scale this. Yeah. We're on our fourth vintage, which still we get some reluctancy. I mean, COVID is an impact here. It's like, how is that affected? But it's enough where people can get comfortable and say, okay, we're ready to scale this. Mm-hmm. So this year in 2020, I mean, we, it sounds like you'll do what about 10, 11 million dollars in total revenue, something like that. Uh, we'll probably well, we actually take the whole thing as revenue, the whole the whole origination, and the reason we do that is because it's it's um. It's an installment sale, so we purchase the material and resell it to the contractor. But lending revenue, it's going to be shy of that because we started so low, lower, yeah. right? And we've been growing like fifteen percent month over month, which you know rolls up to about four hundred percent annually. And so that you grew four hundred percent over the last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were doing, you were like a, you were like at like a twenty-four million dollar origination run rate at the end of twenty nineteen. Now you're at a hundred million. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I mean, you you okay. So then, what you went from like one point five million in your take on the originations to something closer to like nine or ten today. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that includes uh, a purposeful stall in March April with COVID. You know, everyone's like, "What the hell do we do?" Like, you know. And so we we took the same approach. It's like, okay, let's let's stop, chill out for a second. Let's not take a lot of incremental risk here. We did have some increased demand coming in mm-hmm. because suppliers had, had locked up a little bit on their credit. Um, and so we had a little stagnant growth from March, April, May. But then you know, we decided at that point, and we've seen, we seen enough very strong performance. Actually, our performance went up oddly um, when, when COVID had hit. And then, you know, kind of went back into growth mode in, in May. Did you, have you raised capital for this? Equi- not balance sheet, but equity capital? Uh, we raised ten million to start with with our exist with the investor that we had an existing relationship with. Oh, got yeah, it. So, so it was an equity debt deal, like ten million on the equity side and whatever amount on the balance that's sheet. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's kind of a unique, you know, 
process for a lender, but there's a lot of value created there, right? If you can yeah. keep things tight between the equity and the debt. I mean, if you if you raise enough in that first year to cover your 10% participation rate, um, you know, I mean, he could have put up 30 or she 30, 40 million on the balance sheet side, 10 million on the equity VC side, five to cover participation, five for operations, something like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we raised 50, we did 50 on the debt side, 10 on the equity. Um, in the first year. We called, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the, it's the, what we call the equity drag, which is that, you know, that remaining amount that we're funding, it's not super efficient use of our growth, you know, our, our yeah. capital, but you know, that's, that's the name of the game for, I guess we are a balance sheet business now. <laughs> well, not necessarily. I mean, so, I mean, look, I, so I, I've talked to a lot of people sort of in these spaces, not in anyone in your niche, but it's the same business, generally speaking. I mean, with your loan tape history, I'm surprised you're not able to go get cheaper capital at like, I mean, six or 7% to juice your spread. Um, potentially, a lot of that is bandwidth. Going out and raising debt is the same as equity. And, you know, it's not like, you know, I've done this a few times with, with another company. It's act, to me, it's actually more difficult and time consuming to go out and raise debt because you go through the whole to do. Then it's like, okay, we're, we're almost ready to start letting you use it. And it's like, ah, well, this other thing. <laughs> and they, it's like you keep on marching along. Then you get it and you're like, damn, this isn't even that that good of stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> should, should have just used this other thing. Um, so it, it can be time consuming. And that's where a lot of the value is created as a from the investor side to do both sides of the deal. Mm-hmm. Again, as long as things can, you can, it's like being friends with people you work with. As long as you can separate the two and, and have discipline in that, it, it can work really well. Yeah. Well, talk to me about but, your but, team. Here's what here's what we'll likely do. We're going to raise. We'll probably be raising some um, new uh, equity in early 2021, and the appetite we see is is from their LPs that say, "Look, my my GP is like in on your business. We're gonna let let us deploy like 30 million in your in your mes slot, right? Yeah. And that that's where we're going to see the reduction of cost because our senior is pretty cheap. It's our mes that probably has a little extra on it that we could trim up. Oh, so you have senior that's cheaper than ten percent right now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, senior's cheaper, and then the mez is, is at a fixed rate in the in the middle teens. And you've got that's where the fifty million is. Mm-hmm. How much did you? Well, raise? no, no, no. Oh. no our, our our fifty is a combined senior in mez. Oh, yeah, yeah, one provider. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but we can draw whichever we want on either one, so we could just go get another mez alternative and still use the senior mm-hmm. is this is there paper like is this collateralized or they really have to just trust your underwriting system there's not really actually collateral to go take over in an event of a loss um you know from a collateral standpoint not not in the asset back sense um by any means but there's some other components and and requirements and covenants of of our facility um there's some like secret sauce there on the way we do the the transaction between the um, purchasing from the supplier and reselling mm-hmm. that gives us some in construction vertical specifically that that gives us uh, more rights than kind of unsecured you know here it is are you also able to get like again on the two by four example I gave earlier because you are the purchaser and you're responsible for a lot of volume you know over a hundred million dollars worth of purchasing power can you drive down with suppliers like the two by four supplier your cost and, and actually make another spread on reselling it to the folks we we can't 
although we we do something like that, we pass it all to the customer though. Okay, the savings. So, yeah, I mean, I, and this goes back to my background, right? So I was in um, in commercial construction for a while, and I would get, I had my projects about a third of what the cust- the company would do, right? And so I would buy the material. I had to go get the cheapest bids for the material, right? Because I got to make money on this deal too. Yeah. So I'd, I'd go bid out my material, hundred thousand dollars of material. Then it'd come through and it'd require my signature. Well, I stepped into this process. Business is fantastic. South, Southwest Construction Services would review every one of them and go, wait. This has got a sales tax on it. This is a tax exempt project. Wait a second. This is shipping. We picked this one up. Wait, and there's lots of, I'm just going to say, mistakes in the billing. And nothing intentional from the supplier side, but there's a lot of room there. It doesn't take long to train somebody how to pick those up. Yeah. So we do that and we train our team and they review these things and go, wait a second, 2% cash discount. Uh, it says right here at the bottom of the invoice, we're paying you up front. Right, so discount. I'm gonna please. pay you two percent. That's right. <laughs> we, guess what? We pass that straight to the customer. Oh, that's great. Right? And they're going. Yeah, and we've. I mean, there's some like pretty cool success stories where we've saved like thirty thousand dollars, like a ridiculous amount wow. of money on what the customer really had no clue. Because look, they're moving around fast. They're driving job site to job site. They're not going through and looking at it and marking it up and things like that. So we we also offer value there, but we do. We decided to pass all of that over mm-hmm. to the customer. What's your long. what's your team size today? Uh, right at thirty. And how many engineers? Uh, everything. We only have one engineer on staff. Wow. Uh, we have about seven engineers that we use. Um, uh, let's see, four or five of those um, overseas, and then about three locally. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And so we we manage three outsource dev shops. And we balance the three yep. on, on who we kind of want to use for whatever project. Yeah. And and looking forward to 2021, you mentioned raising. I mean, how, how much do you think you'll target to raise? Probably 15. Okay. Um, I think we could put more to work. We could also take as, as little as five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's like, what do we really want to do? But we don't have a lot of competition in the space. So I think the... The business school whiteboard exercise says grow fast, take mm-hmm. up market share, build technology that 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 creates a moat around the customer. And so that's that's what we're doing, mostly because there's not a lot of folks in this space. And especially going through the capital raise process, you know, word gets out about the model. And then, um, you know, we'll, we'll likely see some other you know folks jump in the space, which we welcome because there's a, t- you know, from a customer cost of customer acquisition, there is a ton of market education Right. Yeah, I was going to say, Chris, come on, uh, let's call a spade a spade here. The real reason you can do what you do is because you have CAC arbitrage because of your software business. You can get that's these right. loans cheaper than anybody else, and no, that's very difficult to replicate. That's right, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm surprised, yeah. actually, the equity investors in Build didn't require you to put your software company inside of this lending business. Oh, that's different, though. The other company I'm I'm talking about is 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 different, so uh, okay. uh, I could, you know, I could see that. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening. Yeah. I could do that, but, yeah. <laughs> okay. So maybe 15 minutes on the equity side. And I mean, what, I mean, usually this sort of stage, you're going to sell what, maybe something like 10% of the business for that much. Um, probably more. Okay. Uh, I would say, yeah, probably a little bit more than that. Do you think you can yeah. tell a story that gets you over a hundred million dollar valuation? I'm not sure if we want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I can, I can pitch this super sexy, high margin, uh, low CAC, very high customer retention, put this little SaaS spin on it. 
but there's question marks too, right? And I, I would rather go, it's like a relationship, you know, you'd rather just go in and say, look, this is who I am. You know, do you really, we, we have a long road in front of us to, to really make this successful. And I'd rather go in it with like, these are our flaws. This, this is what keeps us up at night. These are the question marks. Do you add value there? We, we're not just looking for capital. Find the right investor at a, you call it a right size valuation. I think that's, that's really um, our motive. Yep. If I bring... We, We've decided we really felt the value of having the right investor, yeah. you know, with our existing. So it's like that that brings that can do a lot for the business, and and that's our main focus. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm trying. I love the business. Uh, I think about the space a ton. It's capital leverage. I'm trying to think what I can say that would convince you to let me get involved. If I can, if I can bring you something like a you know a hundred million dollar debt facility at significantly cheaper than even your senior is right now. So your, your weighted cost goes down to like, you know, 6% juice your yield. Would you let me write an equity check? I mean, the caveat here is you have a tight relationship with these folks that backed you. They probably wouldn't be happy if you sold their, you know, didn't let them earn their 10% return. Uh, you know, our, what drives it for us right now is more of the advance rate because it, 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 you know, that's the bigger driver. If I can get debt debt at a higher advance rate you're already high makes, though 90 95 that's ho- most are 80 85 yeah yeah but at, at a, we'll call it a firm nine fl- firm and flexible 95 would do a tremendous amount for us okay because right i mean we talk about some of the restrictions we definitely have to balance sheet some stuff because it falls outside and yeah. but it's strong performing stuff it's just not ready and you know there's like to, to get every single new thing into the facility, we got to go through the attorney stuff and like having flexible, uh, especially if you've got this cross collateralization, right? So flexible access to that, that allows us to be a lot more efficient with our, with our um, equity cash. Yep. Now this all makes good sense. I'm, I'm, it's going to be fun to watch you over the next 12 months, see what happens. In the meantime, now let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, I think it's going to be this new book uh, bad blood. Have you, I've never even, I felt, uh, you know, so ignorant about this. So some new folks, they told me about it. I'm really interested in it. It's sitting right next to me. All my easy friends listening from Silicon Valley are going, Oh my gosh, this is hysterical. Bad blood was so a year and a half ago, but you're not in that world. I'm way behind. Your head's head's down building great business. You you don't care about a a prick of blood and Theranos (laughs) and this, this lady named Elizabeth, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great book. Uh, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? A CEO, um, not not really. I, I have I'm a part of YPO, um, so like my peers are who I follow the most, and like really breaking things down with them and understanding the constraints they have, and just like how the how the hell do I do, do I do this, guys? Like you know, what's next? Someone yeah. give me a playbook, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, number three. What's your favorite online tool for building a business? Online tool. Um, I love all this new stuff coming out. Like it's not all that new, but like the hot jars of the world that let us really take a peek inside what our customer is doing online and understand and diagnose that behavior and really prove like this is what we're doing in the market. It takes our customer, you know, two minutes for a purchase, whereas any other option is going to take 15 and their time is worth this and we can do a transaction this quickly and what does this really impact not just from a savings on you know a you know freeing up cash flow but like really making their lives meaningful uh, meaningfully easier 
those are the kinds of things that I'm super interested in, like spend time from like eight o'clock at night to 10 o'clock, just watching people creep through the platform and like ways we can improve it. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm a good sleeper. Uh, you know, seven, seven. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single kids. I am uh, single with kids. Okay. How many kiddos? Two kids. Yeah, Two kids. And nine. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Three little doils. Prime time. Uh, how old are you? I'm 39. 39. Last class question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, golly, wish I knew I was 20. Uh, you know, I'll write a little pamphlet on how to be a dad, uh, <laughs> how to handle kids when you're, you know, 26 years old, maybe. Uh, probably, probably nothing, really. It's been a great ride so far and looking forward to the next... 39. I don't mean not that much, but <laughs> <laughs> guys, there you have it. Build.com. They're on an origination run rate right now of a hundred million bucks. They make call it nine to 12 million in terms of the yield on that. Their cost capital is call it weighted 10%. They lend at 20%, a little north of that with recycling. That's how they make their money, but really got into this because he was serving the construction space already via a software product and built this lending business to sort of support the same sort of user groups that he was already seeing in this subscription business. So 350 subcontractors that have taken some amount of loan from the platform over the past 12 days looking to scale, hoping to raise potentially $15 million again here in Q1 of 2021. Chris, thanks for taking us to the top. Awesome. Thanks, Nathan.